I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan. I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We're the most widespread art fair for artists in the US, and we're also one of your top resources for all things art, artist, and of course, your art career. Today, we've got Katie Chinakis here with us on the mic. Katie is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to expand your mind and creativity. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what she has to say. First, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world slash offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Katie Chinakis and we're ready to change the way you think about your art career. Kiriaki, aka Katie Elizabeth Chinakis, is a Greek-American artist working in the entertainment industry for over two decades. On Katie's website, chinakis.com, you'll see some of her creative ventures that she's been a part of, including TV, film acting, voiceovers, music, podcasting, and articles she has written on Ariana Huffington's publications. Katie is a multidisciplinary artist who utilizes her voice to inspire change and transformation in people who want to make an impact on the world. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Katie. Thank you, Alex. It's so great to be here. I have chills. Thank you so much. And fellow artists, uh, Alex, and then the fellow artists tuning in, I appreciate you being here. And I hope to add a lot of inspiration and excitement in this episode. Well, that was one of the best uh, welcoming introductions I've ever heard, Katie. And thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm with us. We're happy to have you here with us, too. So. Before we really dive into our questions, I have a question for you just to help our listeners get to know you. And that question is, what is the earliest memory you have of art? Wow, that's such a great question. Um, Because that could be so many different things. But the thing, the intuitive hit, which is the intuition that sensorily rushes through my gut, um, out my mouth would be probably... um, because I've seen it so many times replay, but when I was a a baby in diapers and, you know, with my mom in the basement uh, with us on the things they call VHSs back in the day, uh, I had this long broom. And so I had this long broom and I was lip syncing to 80s music. So as an artist, I just have great memories of, of that moment, you know, and that could be now reflecting on it. It could be uh, a voice, as a motivational speaker, as an artist, as a human using my voice in the world. It could be a singer. It could be being a poet. It could be just an expression artist. But I just remember the glow in my face and holding this really long broom. And so 
I think that moment right there is like a moment of like being an artist. And I've seen reflections and dreams along the way with like me in a Grecian dome, the the theaters that they had back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they have them in Greece now. They have them in Dominican Republic. And it's like um, you have like all the spotlight on you with like a, a mic in your hand. So those are some of the visuals that I have for being an artist. I love that. And I think anyone can imagine that like giant broom and it's such a visceral memory. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, so, thanks for asking. You're welcome. So I want to jump into our questions here. So our first yeah. question is, how can artists get over the insecurities that come with starting out so that they don't hold themselves back? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so I was actually Googling right before we um, got on uh, the, the call today. And actually, I want to bring it up because it could go in so many uh, different directions. Just one second, one second. All right. So, so, cause I was thinking about that and here's some things people can do, but, uh, anxiety is, or, um, insecurities comes up for anxiety, crying, apprehension, feeling of inadequacy, uncertainty about goals, relationships, how to handle certain situations. So, I just talked a moment ago about like that intuitive hit, right? Um, And it says everyone deals with insecurity from time to time. It can appear in all areas of life um, and come from a variety of causes. So when I was younger, I always had this knowing. So in life, you know if you have a knowing or not, right? And if you have a knowing, you kind of go for it. Um, But then through the journey of life, people, right? Dr. Joe Dispenza says we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day and 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts. So when we listen to other people, we become insecure. So sometimes when we're young, we have like an intuitive hit and a knowing, but then sometimes that gets lost and distracted along the way by outsource um, or outsources like the TV or, you know, people in your circumstances. So um, I think it's really important to, if you have the intuitive hit, to go for it. And so it's kind of like a white canvas. You have a pure white canvas in life. And when you talk to other people about like your ideas and what you want, sometimes they can put muck on the canvas. And like sometimes you don't want that muck on the canvas. So it's kind of like another analogy is um, when you're uh, a lot of women, I found out a few years ago in the first trimester, um, they miscarry. So a lot of couples people don't say that they're pregnant until after the first trimester. And I feel like that's the same thing with birthing ideas. When you have something creative that comes up, it's like that's your chi and the energy of you manifesting that energy of what you want. So maybe journal about it, maybe have it as an interpersonal relationship with oneself instead of telling everyone about it, because it's like a balloon, it dissipates. And then the universe doesn't know the difference. You're putting it out there and you're like speaking about it. And then all of a sudden, like you didn't do it. So if you don't talk about it and you journal about it and you keep it for yourself, then you become this oak tree so strong within. It doesn't matter what other people say outside of yourself because you're so strong with your vision and what you want that you're so secure and you're so connected with self. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong or what other people say. You're going to go for it and you're going to do it the way you want. And then people are going to be able to say what they want to say, but it's not going to affect 
um, us on a psyche level or a soul level because it's what we wanted, no matter if it's right or wrong in art. There's no right and wrong. It's just art. So I think that's like some really important things to do for uh, insecurity. Um, I, I want to chime in with you, but I, I definitely have an, another important thing that's really good to do for insecurity as well. So what would the other thing be for insecurity? Yeah. So the other thing that's really good for insecurity um, is getting silent. I, I'm really big into uh, neuroscientists. And I, I remember... Uh, one said recently, it has to be 17 minutes. So I'll set my alarm for 21 minutes. And about two to three times during my day, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, or if I'm feeling social anxiety or uncertain, like indecisive, you know, like being indecisive is a decision, right? So if we can't, if we don't know left or right, I'll be able to just turn on my timer for 21 minutes. And I'll just sit. And when I'm just sitting, I know thoughts are going to come like an ocean wave. They're going to come and go. But I'm really into as an artist being my intelligence is in my body. And I listen to what my emotional body says. And I I listen to it all over. So if I'm overwhelmed, I allow it to pass. If sometimes cry will come up, sometimes excitement, I'll have these impulses to like want to call someone and do something in those exciting impulses, but I won't. I'll just sit there and I'll just meditate with silence, even if there's noise around me, as long as I'm just breathing. It doesn't matter how you're breathing, just breathing. And you just set a timer for 21 minutes, just sitting with self. And then after the meditation, I'll remember those impulses that excited me and I'll write them down. And I'll remember the things that made me want to stay clear of something because it didn't make me feel good, my body intelligence. And I'll write that down and I'll kind of keep it as a tracker to write down what brings me joy and what doesn't make me feel pleasant. And then that's how I kind of go with the flow of life to know that that's the track I'm supposed to be on because there's so much happening. So it gets confusing. But if we can just take one step at a time, one impulse at a time and move in the direction that makes us be very colorful, happy and bright, follow the emotions of joy and curiosity. That's the development of a relationship that I want to have with myself, no matter what anyone else says. I love all of that. And there's kind of a common thread that happens with this, you know, holding us back from doing things we want. And that's overthinking. What is mm-hmm. one tip that you have for combating overthinking? Yeah, so important things to do for that would be one journaling is amazing. And then what I do is I have a a joy journal and a bothersome journal. And I'll write down all my joys and then all my bothersomes. Or sometimes I'll be like, and I'll write down all my bothersomes. And then I feel that subtle shift when all my bothersomes are out. Then I'll feel that subtle, subtle shift where I think like toes in the sand or the ocean. And I'll start writing down all my joys. And then after 30 or 40 days, I'll look back and I'll circle all the things that are familiar, toes in the sand, toes in the sand, beach, beach, beach. And I'm like, oh, okay, I want to go to the ocean or I want to have an art show or I want to release my music. And so things that keep coming up, um, that's how you can track it with yourself. Um, The other way that's really important because as humans, um, you know, and as artists, we isolate and we keep it all to ourselves. So it's really important to have, even if it's one person, someone that's a safe space where you can share without them telling you their advice or what they think, just someone who can just listen so you can get it out. And sometimes when you get it out, 
then it just kind of needs to untangle. And then we already know everything really inside, even if we think we don't know. So when we just let it out and someone holds space just to listen, I mean, even if you're recording and talking to yourself, you just need to get it out. And then so it stops repeating or else it's just going to keep repeating over and over again. So get it out there. These overthinking thoughts are inside of you. Get them out there, share them, and then you can actually combat them from there. So, so what it is, it's specifically those thoughts that we want to get out. It's just energy, energy, emotion. It's, it's an energetic thought form, right? So it's, a, it's an energy that turns into a thought that turns into a form that materializes the art fair that you have coming up that you have going on. Rockstar, mm-hmm. congratulations, boss. That's so cool. Um, but that was an idea. That was an energetic idea that was an accumulation of other ideas that turned into a form that actualized into a material, a materialistic level where you have people on your team and locations and places and artists who participate. I mean, that's the same thing of enter any energy. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Energy is energy. We all have an X amount. We have infinite abundance of energy, but what are we doing with that energy? Whether you're aware of it for the next 10 minutes or 10 hours, we're exuding energy. But if we can stop in our tracks and be like, Oh, I'm thinking about this 10 minutes later. Oh, I'm thinking about that. Oh, I'm thinking about it again. So you hack it and then write it down and circle it. And remember what keeps coming up for you. That's an intuitive hit. Right. And this is all done through journaling, right? Which is super cool. And I don't think a lot of people are doing as much as they could be. So I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, What are some of the top ways that artists might be able to expand their way of thinking that could make their artwork more rich and creative and textural? Being interested, doing something that you've never done before, just making it happen. And as an individual, and then if you want to create something, you bring on hair, you bring on makeup. So for me, my number one focus right now as a creative, as an artist is to be on TV as a household name, and then everything else becomes a domino effect. So since my number one focus is, you know, being on screen, so then, you know, everyone will see more of my art by more of my art then people will know about my podcast more. Then people will know about your podcast more and more people will listen to the podcast because they know about me from TV. It's just, they all go hand in hand. But while I'm focusing on getting back on TV, it's a household name and that's like my number one target. In in the space between, I have uh, an international lockdown comedy improv web series that I produced during the pandemic And now I've pivoted and I'm working with this gallery called Ethos Gallery. And we just had lunch at the Soho House and she's having her car. It just finished today. It was hand painted by an artist and I'm going to take her car and put it in the music video that I'm going to produce and release it on my birthday, 1111. And it's a passion piece. It's a creative piece. And I'm going to take my personal physical artwork and put it into the music video. And then the artist that she represents, I'm going to put their artwork in the music video. And I'm going to bring the owner of the gallery on as a producer. And I'm going to take it as a producer, as an artist, and have multi-dimensional artwork that I produce and directed. And I'm going to have my partner, Nikki Scorpio from the Sophisticated Psychos, edit it and put it in and pivot and take 
the energy and put it into the film festival circuit. So on an international level, my art can be seen, my talent can be seen as an actor, my paintings can be seen as an artist. They'll hear my music that I created as an artist. So I kind of always feed feed the art, you know, and I get people and I share with people who can take their energy and want to be a part and make it bigger and do it as a collaborative effort and vision of a creation, right? So these are kind of some of the things um, that I've done recently. That was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, Katie. And I think one thing I just want to underline is something you said early on, which is just be interested in what you're doing, like really get into it, get excited about it. And that is how you can channel that into more rich, more textural, more exciting work in general. Oh, one, one, one other thing that I would like to share is the thing is, it's like when you have an idea and you start messy and you go for it. So like, you know, if you're thinking in your head every day, like uh, more and more about this, like we have to get outside of ourselves and know there's like, a bigger purpose that's going on. So other ways artists can expand their way of thinking and creating um, to make their work more rich is to collaborate with other artists. And like, if you have the initial idea, and we talked about birthing it and honing in to make an oak tree, and then you're ready to share it and put it out with the people, then you find reciprocal energies and like-minded people who want to add value, like someone who can do the makeup, someone who can provide the location. So you want to have it be a collaborative process so it doesn't feel there's so much weight on one artist and one individual doing it all. And when we get other artists involved and you're honoring and holding space to show their work, they're going to be so honored to be a part of your creation, what you're doing, and make your ideas and your projects just so much bigger and richer when it's like more of a collaborative effort. You know, it's it's an energetic ball that just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And that's it's really important to expand our work and our creations in this way when we share and we do it with other people instead of doing it alone. Cause it can be a very lonely road and it's not like so much fun doing it by ourselves. It's nice when we can share the energy and the space and the colors and the creativity with other people. I love that. So put your energy out there, get the intention out there and you'll find the like-minded people that can help you make these big projects happen. And it's even more exciting and more fun to share it with other people. So we're going to come right back and Katie's going to tell you more of what you want to know about learning how to pivot and much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And we are back. So Katie, in your poetry book, A Lover's Fairy Tale, you talk about four agreements. What are those and what lessons can we take from them? Great. 
Yeah, great question, Alex. Um, the Four Agreements is by Miguel Ruiz, R-U-I-Z. And the Four Agreements that I'm referring to is one, be impeccable with your word. Two, don't take anything personally. Three, don't make assumptions. Four, always do your best. And I'm going to break that down. So specifically his definition of one, be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love too. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Three, don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Four, do your best. Always do your best. Your best is going to be change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. I love those. So what are some of the lessons that an artist might be able to take from these? Yeah, great, great question. So um, in the morning, I'm going to do my best. These are some scripts I develop for myself. When I go to bed, I did my best. Or you know what? I didn't do my best, but I'm going to try more tomorrow, right? Um, so kind of check in with self and have it be an interpersonal day interpersonal challenge and game and befriend self during the day having a hard day stop like do a meditation you know i'm doing my best i'm i'm just doing my best you might have to turn the phone off you might have to just get a massage or not be on electronics or just get into nature and just pivot and do things that are going to be self-fulfilling with self-love to nourish self so we're not feeling burnt out strained and stressed and projecting our anger onto other people and you know, don't take anything personally. It's like when anyone's doing anything, I mean, it's so hard not to take things personally. We're emotional, sensorial beings. But, um, you know, when other things are happening, just know, like, even though we don't understand what's happening with the other person, it's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with you. It has nothing at all. It's their own insecurities and projections and things that are going on within them. What we can do is be kinder, have more compassion for the circumstance or the other person. And sometimes we don't verbally need to say it because sometimes it's hard and we have to develop those skills for communication. But sometimes just holding the space of silence and not responding or reacting, I guess, to the anger and the outrage and just kind of just pivoting and just like turn, walking away, like literally walking away. Let let the energy pass, let an hour or two hours go by just so the moment passes. So each person can kind of calm down. Those are very important things to do, um, especially in a collaborative environment, because we want to have self-respect and then respect for the projects that we're working on, you know? And I mean, lastly, I mean, I guess, I guess what you could do if you're feeling all that roar, rage and stuff, just put it onto a canvas, just doodle or draw and just take it out. And uh, I, what I do is I, I take it all and I put it in art. If I write a poetry piece, if I record a podcast, if I 
you know, I do something to add value to my artists, right? So nothing goes wasted, right? <laughs> nothing goes wasted. Not one speck of paint. I, I love that idea about channeling some of these negative emotions into art and, to, and also not only into like paintings and, and photography and like visual art, but into the other things that we do, our pursuits, like really, you know, throw them down and get them out of you. And also that idea of walking away sometimes. I mean, I know I'm guilty of not doing that enough, but like walk away, show that respect for your actual projects and the work you're doing by giving it a chance to breathe when you're hitting that that point. I think that's really, really valuable info in, intel. And I think any of the artists listening are going to want to go back, listen to that again, and take some notes on it for sure. Um, so I want to pivot the conversation over to pivoting. How can artists pivot generally with their careers, their energy, and so on? And what is it? And how is it beneficial for growth? Sure. Um, great question. Uh, let's start off by saying, I'll just give a prime example. So uh, my birthday is 11-11 and normally I'm a kid in a candy store and I'm like, Where, where's one place in the world I haven't been that I want to, uh, I've always wanted to go to and I, I will go, I'll just make an interpersonal game with myself and I'll just do, I'll just, um, you know, go. And then that feels so good for, you know, my solar plex, my third chakra for self-empowerment and my power and my worth. Um, but during the pandemic, uh, you know, I didn't go on a plane for a year and a half. and so. I pivoted the quality of the question from where's one place in the world I haven't been that I've always wanted to go to what's one thing that I've always wanted to do that I've never done. And the answer that came up with the intuitive hit, intuitive hit was I've always wanted to be a published author. So I'm like, okay, my birthday gift to myself is to become a published author. I gave myself a hard stop three months to the spring to prepare. And then it was World Poetry Month. And then on World Poetry Day, I released 11 pieces from a poetry book called A Lover's Fairy Tale. And um, I coupled it with artwork by my friend who's amazing, a legendary artist, Robert Sturman. And uh, it's beautiful. And their original Polaroids at Polaroid discontinued in 2001. So they're super rare. And I asked his permission to have them in the book. So that's one prime example of pivoting, right? And so it's the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. And Caroline Mice, M-Y-S-S, she's a mystic intuitive. And I was so inspired by her that I actually wrote a piece on Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global. It was my first piece on Thrive. And she has a TED Talk on choices. So I highly recommend watching choices or put it in the show notes. And Caroline Mice, M-Y-S-S, choices and the quality of our choices and it, and how she talks about how like, you think the macro choices are moving or, you know, something like that. But actually those, it's the micro choices that are the macro. The, mi the macro aren't really the, the macro that we think that they are. It's actually the micro choices that, that uh, make up the macro. I love that. So it's these little micro choices that combine to make up our macro choices. And that's what pivoting is about. Katie, this has been an incredible conversation. We are running out of time here. So let's bring this home for our listeners out there. Is there a call to action you want to share to any artists listening today? 
Sure, sure. I do industry coaching for artists specifically one-on-one. So if you would like some support with short-term, medium-term, long-term goals, I have a lot of insight and foresight for my cross-country background running. And so I every artist and individual has their own path and I'm here to coach. And also, so that's just chinakas.com, my website also. Uh, she's all over the place podcast. I have so many valuable episodes specifically um, on specific topics. Uh, I'm being an artist, music, DJ, modeling, acting, TV, drama, producing, like you name it. So um, those are individual episodes. If you just want to email me or just kind of browse the podcast, she's all over the place. Um, There's a lot of valuable insight and information there. So I invite you to connect with me more. I love that. And all of that will be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for sharing that, Katie. My pleasure. To all of you business artists out there, Katie has been here with us today sharing her amazing perspective with you. And you're definitely, definitely going to want to go back and take notes, which you can do on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Katie, you can follow her at Chinakis on Instagram and visit www.chinakis.com. Again, both of those will be in the show notes. And as always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate any time you can give us a share whenever you're listening to, enjoying, and benefiting from the Artist Business Plan. Once again, we always appreciate it if you take a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's our number one broadcasting platform And those ratings and reviews are so critical in helping artist entrepreneurs just like you find us and listen to our wonderful perspective and our listeners and our guests' wonderful perspectives as well. As always, I want to wrap up this class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And today that quote is, The Achilles heel of an artist lies in the hope that his art is good. That is Kapil Gupta. Katie, it's been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. For that, we are so grateful to you. Thank you. I appreciate you holding space for me and honoring me and my journey thus far. And I look forward to walking this journey together with you and the person tuning in. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.